podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hello, I'm Shelby Scott, the host of Scare You to Sleep, a podcast where I tell you scary stories full of creepy sound effects and music that is soothing yet unsettling to help immerse you into a world of horror. This is a show for those of us who have realized horror can be a strange but relaxing escape from reality. Speaking of escapes, sometimes I lead you through guided nightmares, like a guided meditation, but instead of flowery meadows, I take you on a journey through your own personal nightmare. So come get lost in the terror with me. Now a proud part of the Bloody Disgusting Network, you can find Scary to Sleep wherever you get your podcasts. Sweet screams. What are we doing? Voiced waterfall. Yeah. Did it, did, did, did it. I don't know, I just gave it a little intro song there. How are we doing, everyone? Sam here and Bow. It's it's the most beautiful twosome on this channel. Uh, Alex has decided that he's, he, he fancies working tonight, and Neil is uh, otherwise engaged. And it's just, well, I don't know what Matt's doing. He's just pretending, he's pretending he, he, to do something else. He's still basking in the glory of the lionesses, jumping on the well, bandwagon. It was a fair, a fair play. Well done to England uh, for winning Euro 2022. But we're, we're here to talk about <laughs> Manchester United's next season but 2022-2023 season is upon us the Premier League the Europa League everything we're going to run through our predictions me and Bal for what's coming up and Eric Ten Hag the new era is starting and you know there is a real feeling and a buzz of excitement I think going into this season Bal but um pre-season started off pretty pretty shit hot Liverpool uh, Melbourne victory Crystal Palace faded off towards the end against Villa At Atletico Madrid was kind of what you expected it to be it was, a, it was a very Atletico Madrid game. And then Rayo Vallecano uh, was another game like that, but it was a completely different 11. What's your, what's your overall take on the preseason? Because I, I, I think there was a lot of positives to, from a personal perspective. I, thought, I saw a lot of good things. Yeah, um, likewise, I think, as, as you said, the, the, early, the earlier games were a bit more um, kind of free-flowing in the sense that Liverpool, had a, it was their first, first game of the preseason. They made like, 30-odd subs. Results weren't really at the forefront of any manager's mind. But, I mean, especially coming into the Atletico Madrid game, he used his subs a bit more sparingly. Even in the Villa game, um, I think some people played more than 60 minutes. Um, yeah. So he's very, very keen to kind of get his starting eleven down to, to a point where, given the fact that there's no transfers incoming at the moment, Base it on who's who's there at the moment. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's all it's all positives from what I can see um, at the moment. It's what's going on in the transfer market that's out of his hands. So he's just kind of working with with what he's got. I mean, uh, was was Wan injured over the weekend? Man, Wan has properly been just pushed to the sidelines. He wasn't in the squad. Yeah, and there was no word. I, I was thinking because I, I only watched the. Um, Saturday game. I caught the second half of the Saturday game and a bit of the first half of yesterday. And I was realising, like, well, I seem to see Delot play the 90. And then yesterday, I was like, I don't remember seeing him. So I looked through the squads at both and he wasn't even on the bench. Um, so he's, he's, he seems to have made his mind up. I think it's going to be Delot 
there at the moment unless you get it. Ethan Laird makes two managers to kind of. No, well, it looks like Ethan Laird's going going Watford. Okay. Uh, that's that's what everywhere seems to be saying. Um, I mean, I, I did a video today. I was looking at the the sort of squad depth. I looked at the starting eleven, which I think kind of. It feels like the start eleven. You can pretty much predict, apart from maybe one or two, one potentially two positions where I think you could have a conversation. But nine of it is kind of like on paper. Yeah, uh, and and Wambasaka is nowhere near it mm. at all. He's he's not even near the squad. And talk about, you know, the Matt. It's, it's no wonder our two chief scouts got sacked. We we were hearing that we looked at eight hundred right backs, and then we signed Wambasaka <laughs> for fifty million. It's like it, it just it hasn't suited United really. Uh, maybe that's a little bit unfair. In, in under Solskjaer, he started off pretty positively because he knew he was a good defender. But it's just we've, we've got to somehow try and cash in on him because he's just been put into the shadows. Yeah, really. I think given the modern fullbacks game, he he doesn't really possess any of those qualities in terms of being able to get forward. Okay, defensively, yeah, great. Them in them the derbies, couple of derbies, he's had um, favourable performances over Raheem Sterling come to mind yeah, yeah. Um, but a lot of the time it's he's using his kind of long gangly legs to make slide tackles to kind of get himself out of trouble because he's made bad bad positional errors um, yeah his recovery is good because he because he makes mistakes in the first place I mean he's like I saw the the training videos of what he was doing and I was looking at it and thinking to myself these are things that are taught to teenage footballers i.e. how to kind of shape his body to receive the ball to to go out onto the wing. So not something a Premier League footballer should be being taught. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I can't really see any way back for him at the moment. No, I, I can't at all. But um, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I think it was, I wouldn't say it was a mixed bag the preseason. I would say it was, it was largely like 90%. It was mm. just positive, heading the right direction. Everybody seemed to be on board. Nobody was really putting it to the side. Um, what are you saying? You want to say something? I think I said the, the biggest changes for me, from what I've read, from, from the likes of Andy Mitten and those in around toys, the changes that have gone on off the field, like the, yeah. the discipline area inside of him, um, r- rumours of whoever that player was who got dropped for a couple of games for being late. But that's good yeah. to see because there's now standards in place of, of how you've got to behave. You're representing a football club that is Man United. Uh, uh, but you, you've mentioned it there, and I'll be honest. Like I think, I think that part of it there, exactly what you mentioned. This idea of disciplinarian, he has been cracking the whip. He has been dropping players for being late, and that that for me was what confused me the most about Ronaldo leaving at halftime uh, for for the yes for the game yesterday. Not halftime, but you know he left. I think Bruno. There was a few players who weren't in the match day squad left as well, and lots being said about that. But it just it that. The idea there that, he, that Ten Hag was like, "Yeah, go on, mate. You can leave before you can leave for full time." It just it doesn't really sit in with mm. what we've seen in the last few weeks, where he's been really strict. He's saying no phones at lunchtime. Everybody sit down together for meals to build team bonding. To then say to all those players in Ronaldo, especially Ronaldo, because he hasn't trained or been part of preseason, to say, "Yeah, man, you can leave." It just it it jars if you mm. know what I mean. It, from the evidence we've seen, it doesn't support that. Yeah, I mean, from the likes of Bruno on that, if they were there. It makes perfect sense given that they're in Oslo over the week. Well, just got back from Australia, then been out in Oslo, got back Saturday night, then you've got to go back in to watch the game if you're not playing. Yeah, come in, watch your half and go home. Um, I'm not going to read too much into him going home. Um, The biggest thing for me in regards to his transfer is there's nobody in for him. 
So weird, I think that's it? where his team have majorly dropped a clangor in the sense that they went public without really kind of figuring out whether there was any suitors for him in the market because all the top clubs who can win the Champions League don't want him. So his, his options are essentially a team who might play six, maximum eight Champions League games. That's all he's going to get at group stages and maybe a last 16. Mate, you, know, you know what's really weird about that is that um, Jorge Mendes had meetings with Todd Bowley. Like he met with Chelsea's new owner before any of this actually went public. So they must have had a conversation about it. And, and maybe he got the wrong signals. Maybe he got mixed signals. But it was obvious that Chelsea was basically where he was banking on mm. moving to, right? And it's just not happened. Yeah. I'm, gen- gen- twins, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely not fussed. Either way, whichever way it pans out. If he stays, great. He won't He won't get a passage. He won't get a free pass in terms of just stand up front and just goal hang and let everybody else do the work. That's not going to work. If you look at what yeah, it, 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 did look, it did look quite off the pace against uh, Real Valacan. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obvious it's going to take back, a couple of weeks. Martial's, Martial's had to pick up his... Um, buck his ideas up over the preseason, so no reason why he should have. If he's going to stay, then get on board with this. Otherwise, you play a bit part role. Yeah, man. But uh, everything that's happened, all the stories, all the transfers, you know, what's what's your feeling going into the season, you know, compared to maybe last year? Last year, we all went in. Genuinely, I didn't think I was overhyping it in my head. I was like, we finished second. We, we got a chance at competing here, and then obviously it all collapsed. I don't think we're going to be finishing second this year, but we'll run through our predictions in a bit. But what's your overall feeling going into the season? I think quality-wise, up top, we're a bit weak. I mean, you saw it kind of yesterday. Um, where we played the um, two deep lining midfielders on Saturday plus plus the one number 10. We flipped it yesterday where Garner sat on his own I mean, and it was, um, who was in front of him? Ericsson and Donny, was it? Yeah, yeah, that was it. And the shape looked all different and even the attacks, it, it just wasn't as fluid flowing as what we've seen. Um, so yeah, the, the concern for me is that up front, unless those... I think it's going to be Sancho, Rashford, Marshall who will start the season, unless they're firing. Yeah. And if Ronaldo does leave, you're kind of relying on the likes of um, what's his name, Alanga, um, Garnacho, plays, and yeah. I mean Palestri. I read today, who's it? Palestri, Ahmad, and somebody else. Sean. We saw no, no three signings we made: Palestri, Ahmad. And someone else, uh, Donny, like yeah, Donny Palestri Ahmad accumulates to about 98 odd million pounds we've spent there. <laughs> that's that's a weird one. That's that's just, I mean, again, that's that's why our scouts have been sacked, man. Mm. Like, that's that's an, that's an outrageous amount of money mm. that we've wasted over the last what seven or eight, nine years. I'll be honest, man, going into this season for the foot, I've always been one to sort of advocate a bit of patience. Uh, I, you know, it when people mm. like. When he got when he got to Solshire, the Solshire out campaign, I was I was the last person to board the train, if you know what I mean. I, I I gave it as long as I possibly could until I think it was the Liverpool humiliation Old Trafford. I was like, it was at that point I was like, well, it's it's past the point of no return. Mm. Uh, I really want to advocate that that point of patience again because there's going to be a hell of a lot of speed bumps yeah, this season. Yeah, I mean, given the fact that their game is totally changing, they're going to be playing the type of football. Liverpool and City play, where you're you're much higher up the pitch. You're much higher up the pitch. So defensively, 
there's going to be a lot of space in behind. Um, and personally, I mean, it places a lot of responsibility on the defenders because you're going to have to do a lot of defending from high up up the pitch. Um, there's one incident on Saturday, Morata, um, was it, I don't know if it was Morata, but Maguire, he had a, someone ran one-on-one with him pretty much from 40 yards out and he ushered him out. And he generally, I think he had a very, very good game, Maguire. Yeah. Um, but internet won't allow you to believe that. Uh, no, I, mean, I, I, I've, I've, I was one of the big fucking advocates of slamming Maguire last year, man. I, I, I personally, I, I feel like I probably went too harsh on him, uh, and I'm happily going to call myself out this season if he, if he can play in that higher line. I'm, I'm still have reservations, but if, if I, if I go back to being excited about Maguire coming in, mm-hmm. it's because I always saw him being that defender who burst out of defence at Leicester yeah. with the ball at his feet. Yeah. Like he was the one who could break lines, but he's just, he, he's not done that United because I don't think he. I, I don't. Think I mean, he, he, like I said, for me, he's, he's, had, he's had a very good preseason. Um, but like I said, the the league and the competitive games are a different different kettle of fish. So let's see, case of how the team gels and going forward, really. But I'm 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 going to be patient in the sense that every single decision he's made, I think so far, has been right in terms of the right goals, the types of like he's even said. If he's not going to get Frankie De Jong, he's not going to go out and buy anybody for the sake of it. He'll he'll train those those youngsters, like to Charlie Savage, Sidanic Bell, who play in that type of position deeper. He'll train them to kind of change their way of playing to to suit his methods, and that that's what a good coach does. And that's a big thing for me. Like we've got a coach who's got a definitive idea of how he wants to play. There is a real clarity. There has been an obvious clarity from day one. Yeah. It's what I said to people in covering the preseason. Mm. And I mean, this is a compliment. You could predict mm. what the training was going to be like with Ten Hag. You could predict how we were going to play. Mm. And we got, we've gone out and we've executed it. And we've, we've done it pretty damn well. I think better than most people expected, it, mm. certainly in the early doors. But I mean, the Premier League, every year, the Premier League gets more competitive than the year before. Um, if you're looking at last year, City and Liverpool blew everybody away. They've gone out and they've signed Haaland and Nunes. This year, United have got to look downwards as well because you've got Newcastle who are trying to establish themselves as, as the new city. So we're going to get sandwiched in between that. Arsenal, I think, it, it seems like it's coming together for them this year. Uh, Spurs, they've actually backed Conte. They followed him. They followed through on it and made some decent signings. Chelsea, oh, I, I hope it all goes wrong for them because it seems like it kind of is. Like they've Every signing they've wanted to make, someone else, Barcelona's made it basically. And now they're trying to go after Cucurella because City have pulled out for him. But what's your um, what's your prediction for where we're going to finish in the, in the Premier League this year? Are you back in United to get into that top four? Or do you think we're just going to miss out on it? I'm all, I'm always an optimist, um, but I think a lot's going to come down to how we kind of finish this transfer window, giving him those players that he needs. Because um, as you, as you po- rightly pointed out, the rest around us have got stronger. Um. And I don't, I don't believe there'll be much between. I believe there won't be much between um, United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs. And because of much of a muchness, best of a bad bunch, unless they all essentially come to the party. And and like that, that was the issue last year. Was no, none of those teams. But Chelsea showed a bit of consistency before Christmas. That got them their their top four position because they were never ever chasing it. Whereas United, Spurs, um, and Arsenal were always in out, in out, in out, 
and Spurs kind of got it with a bit of mm, late season form. Um, yeah. So as it stands, I think it's a very, very, very tough ask in the sense that he we're, we're relying on Rashford, Sancho, and Martial to come to the party big style and throughout the season regularly, yeah, regularly performing. Well. Um, Rashford's <laughs> capable of it. Um, Sancho, I'm excited about this season, and Martial is just a case of. You you just don't know which one's going to turn up on the day. That's the biggest, <laughs> most fucking frustrating thing about him. Yeah, I'll be honest. I've 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 really tried to think about it, and I've tried to be kind of take my red tinted specs off and then blind optimism, and just looking at. <laughs> I personally think United are, are better as a squad now than we were last. I, I think we've improved in that sense. I think the players that have left on the free uh, without contract with contracts expiring, and the three signings that we have made, I think have all improved our team. But I think our team. Mm. In the course of a, t- a full season, like mate, October, we, we play we play nine times in October, mm-hmm. like a game every three days. This this squad squad depth comes from having like two, three, four good transfer windows in succession. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't yeah. get squad depth out of one window, and we we're we're at the beginning yeah. of a new cycle, right? So it's going to take time mm-hmm. for that. I mean, listen, I'm 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 happy to accept that that transition will take time because I think everybody would rather see. A definitive style of play of how he wants to play. I mean, I think we, we, we will get dicked a couple of times because he's going to stick to his guns. Um, he's not going to do like a Jose thing where he'll go one nil up and shut up shop. No, he'll yeah. go for the second, third, fourth. Look, it, it, that's the type of manager he is, and that's why everybody's all everybody wants. We want attacking, free flowing football. So, so let's see, man. Let's see. What do you think? What do you think? If you're gonna if you're gonna predict a position at this moment in time, remember, I, I I kind of agree with you. We've got 30 days where it could change what this prediction is if we made the right signings. But as it stands, what do you think? I think Chelsea. Is, me personally, I think Chelsea is struggle. Um, Spurs, Spurs are Spurs. So yeah, <laughs> and uh, again with Arsenal, you, you don't know whether they're going to self implode at any point. Um, so yeah, I mean. Purely for the fact that I'm a United fan, yeah, I'll say as it stands, I'll I'll, I'll back us to get top four because I don't um, think we can be as bad as we were last season. Now with a better manager, no, that's impossible. That's impossible. Like that's the, the the only the only guarantee that we've got this season is we won't be a joke anymore. And that I think United fans should take a little bit of solace in that because mm-hmm. last year we were just we were we were the, the yeah, we got dicked uh, uh, on a multiple occasions in the biggest of games as well. I've I've I'm predicting United to get fifth. At, the, at this moment in time, I think it's going to be just that point where we basically where that one or two signings could have made the mm. difference, where where it's going to be like teetering on the edge. I think you're right. I think the, the space between fourth and sixth is not going to be major this year. It's probably going to be by the end of the season, you would expect maybe five, six points between those three positions, mm. which is effectively the results of two games, mm. right? I think it's going to be close. I hope we come off out on the right side of that a bit like Solskjaer when we beat Leicester on the last day of the season right. to get fourth, right? It might end up like that and hopefully we come out. But at the moment, fifth. But, but it also kind fourth. of depends on how he how he approaches the Europa League. Like in my, my next question. Like in my opinion, um oh, going on to it, um the way Jose played it the first year was was perfect. Um he knew given the number of injuries we had, the points we dropped in the league, getting fourth was gonna be a bit of bit of a tough ask. So it would literally all legs in the Europa basket. 
And, and you, it paid off, right? Given a John, uh, a John Gadetti last minute uh, miss, <laughs> we, we, we won. <laughs> Uh, Look, yeah, where I've, I've got, I've actually got us down as winners of the Europa mm. League, and I don't know whether that's a bit of blindness, but I kind of think you're a little bit correct there. I think Eric Ten Hag won't just dismiss that competition. I do, I, I do fear about the depth there because this is we're going to be Thursday Sunday games. We're going to be, he can't be ignoring the Premier League at the start, and all the Europa League group games are going to be coming mm. thick and fast in September, mm. October, I think. Yeah. Um, obviously, depends who we get, right? We might we might get a favourable draw. No, I think, I think we'll be seeded. But if you look at it from a point of view of the prize for winning the Europa League, you go straight into the pot one of the Champions League. Now, it's a big and prize. And now. The Europa League is big, right? Do anything in the Champions League at, at the moment. But if you look at Villarreal, they they won it. They got pot one. Yeah, they drew United, but then they, they got out the group and they got all the way to the semi-finals. Yeah. Uh, with, with a bit of a luck here and there. Um, Good performances, though. Yeah. Um, but they they put themselves in that position to be able to to get those. I I, I don't think that um, Ten Hag's just going to blindly dismiss Europa League and say, like, the only thing I can focus on is the Premier League. I think that would be a little bit foolish. And B, I just don't think he will do that. Hmm. I don't think he's going to be like um, Prime Mourinho, where he's going to be playing his full-strength team in, like, FA Cup games and League Cup games, just trying to win as many pieces of silverware as possible. But I, I think you last year it was it Eintracht Frankfurt uh, and Rangers in the final. You know, on paper, obviously like Eintracht Frankfurt knocked out Barcelona, and there were some bigger teams in there. The the, the, the competition seems to be getting better every year, mm. the Europa League. But I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why I'm saying that. If I'm being completely honest, because on paper, I think the Europa League is where our squad strength is going to be tested yeah, yeah. the most. I mean, but I know, I know, I know Arsenal are in it. Roma, I think, will do well with Jose. They made some good signings. Yeah, I mean, Jose being Jose. Jose, oh man, you can, you can, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you can see that, can't you? Roma in the final with Jose <laughs> in Budapest, though, right? Yeah. Come on, baby. Yes, we've already booked our hotels for Budapest. No, that's not jinxing it. There's free cancellation. All right, so don't ever go us for that. <laughs> be a great place to go for a final. It'd be amazing. But um, moving on from the Europa League, what do you reckon about domestic cups? FA Cup, League Cup, is it, is it, are they both happening this? Is the League Cup happening this year? Because we've got the World. I believe so. Movies. I think so. Yeah. Because we've got the World. Because um, what does the World Cup mean for when it when it all happens? Is it all finished? The F, the League Cup's supposed to finish in Feb, right? That's when the final is. But Sod knows what the, what the, what the schedule and the calendar is in this for the F. Yeah, have a little Google because obviously, League Cup, I think. The finals in February, uh, but the World Cup starts in November this year. Obviously, ends in December. There's a little break. FA Cup doesn't start until January anyway, so that's not really an issue. Look. But League Cup, I'm a little bit weirded out about. I've, first, I, I'm, round, I'm nine, pretty... first round, 9th and tenth of August. Second round, 9th and tenth of August. Yeah, that's when the that's when oh. EFL League One, League Two teams. Right, um, we're in the third round. Then right? we got second round, 23rd, 24th of August. Third round. Is not until the eighth and ninth of November. Starts in November. Wow. Yeah. So we we don't enter it until November. Fourth round, which is round sixteen, is December the twentieth and twenty first. So literally a few days after the World Cup final. Right. Okay. Quarter so final, really... January tenth and eleventh. Semi final, twenty fifth and the first of Feb. And the final still on the twenty sixth of Feb. So that means that January is going to be yeah. League Cup and FA Cup. Mm-hmm. Every week, basically. 
Jeez, man, the season's yeah. going to be absolutely the full. I mean, that, that, that's that's going reiterating about the point of the, the point of squad depth is always important. But this is the only year we're going to have a winter World Cup, mm-hmm. and it just it, it exaggerates how important this strength needs to be because mm-hmm. they're, they're in in October then, and in January you're probably looking at a game every three days. Yeah, in two months of the season, that's mad. I don't know how they're going to cope with it physically. I really don't. Mm-hmm. But I, I've I've got us down in the League Cup as semi-finalists. I don't know why I'm saying that. I'll be honest, because I think the League Cup is probably going to be one thing that is slightly dismissed. I think the League Cup. But saying that, as I say, it's, it's a perfect time for Eric Ten Hag to come in because first time we won the FA Youth Cup in ten years, right? So the youngsters should be mm-hmm. should be excited. Yeah, I mean, it, with these kind of things, it's it's purely the the luck of the draw as well. Um, I mean, say that we we had West Ham at home last season, <laughs> and we got and we got knocked out. Uh, but with these kind of things, nobody really tends to play, or nobody takes it seriously until the. Unless you know, I mean, I think Liverpool. I think they won two penalty shootouts on the way last year. Yeah, um, they won it without scoring, didn't they? In the final, they're good at that. <clears throat> yeah, so nobody really cares about the League Cup until you get to the semis, and then there's so what if you're there, you might well you might as well go to win it. I'm presuming that the, the the semis aren't double legged now. No, it's twenty fifth and the first of Feb. Yeah, back to back. It's still it's still double. Yeah. Fucking hell, man! They are they are taking the piss. Yeah, Jeez. it's like they want players to be injured. But yeah, I've 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 gone for a, a, a by by the same logic there. You're probably right. It's in luck of the draw. But what are you saying for the FA Cup? I love the FA Cup. It's my it's my <laughs> my favorite competition, cup competition. Growing up, yeah, you're, you're an old school guy. Yeah, bit of a bit of cup romance. Um. As long as we get away draws all the way. Where do you want to get the away draw this year? What's where, the dream away? Where would I like to go as an away? I like I like the the old, old like, I don't know if you did Blackburn a couple of years ago. We had, no. They gave us both tiers behind the goal, upper and Oof. lower. So it, it, it's nice. good. It's good to go to the, get to the top of hill, the top of the hill. I like Blackburn. I like I like the good the sizable um, championship grounds that you get. Derby was good. In the cup a couple of years ago, but yeah, any of any of them away really, uh, any of them. But, but yeah, I've I've got I've I've got us down as quarters in that. But again, I think I think you're completely right. When, when it comes to Europa League and Premier League, I think there's a bit of logic that you can apply to it. Uh, FA Cup and League Cup, you're basically saying who you who do you get? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> who, I think Chelsea draw. pretty much. Who uh, who who's in the final last year? Who's in the final? City City Chelsea? No, sorry, Liverpool Chelsea. Yeah, Liverpool, Liverpool Chelsea, but Chelsea's. Route to the FA Cup final last year was ridiculous. It literally, yeah. they, I don't think they played a, um, a Premier League team all the way until the semi, and if, even if they did then. Always, it's nice when it works out like that, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, but, but then we always get typically you'll get like Liverpool or City first, first two rounds yeah. guaranteed. We've had we've had nasty draws for a good while. I think we've had nasty I mean, draws. Next year, get... when you're getting knocked out by Middlesbrough at home, then you can't really complain. Yeah, don't remind me about that. Jeez, but, uh, well, that wasn't particularly nasty. That was a pretty favourable draw. Yeah, no, yeah. Just, I mean, the, the the domestic cups. I think it's just a case of luck of the draw, really, and how the rest of the season's panning out in terms of how you prioritise it, and then how your opponents are prioritising it as well. So, I think, I think that's that's fair enough. I, th- I think something that we can probably apply more of um, a gut feeling to is talk. I, I want to move on to player of the season. Talk about top scorer, top assists, and probably like kind of your hot take maybe something that people wouldn't be expecting but something that you in your gut think is going to happen who who are you backing to be United's player of the season because uh, you could 
I mean, there's some candidates that are obvious, uh, but is there somebody that you think will stand out for United? I think Jaden Sancho. I think he's he's going to come to the party this season. I mean, across across the course of a full season as well. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it was interesting to he didn't play at all on Saturday, so I'm hoping nothing. Yeah, I think it was a illness rather than an injury. Okay, that's all right. Which might just be. Sorry, I'm fucked from Australia. Yeah. Can I just have a couple of days off? Yeah. So no, I, I wasn't sure. So because um, I, I assumed when he didn't play Saturday, oh, he'll play Sunday. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. For for me, it, it, it's Sancho. The thing about when you're comparing him to, like, say, Rashford, and he, he still does this, Rashford. He, he he thrashes at the ball quite a lot. Where Rashford, where Sancho's always knows the exact split second when to release the ball. His timing of it is, is is impeccable all the time. I think he's had his kind of settling in season. It was a difficult season for him and and everyone, um, but him 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 more so being his his first season. I think he'll have a definitive role um, under Ten Hag as well. So he's a he's a player I'm looking most forward to seeing this season. I mean, he's he's definitely a system player. He's somebody who mm. suits. Uh, uh, understanding an exact role is what you're saying there. This is this is what you're doing, mm. and repeat it every single week. Rather than, I mean, Rashford and Sancho kind of did switch the flanks occasionally in the mm. preseason, switching left and right, but it felt like they did it with a bit more purpose rather than just going randomly. Ah, yeah. oh, fuck it, should we just switch? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and by all means, that th- I don't mind. Um, and again, I'm I'm hoping for big things from well, not big things, but certainly a massive improvement on last season from Rashford as well. Um. And Martial just is just a total stab in the dark. Prove us wrong, Tony. We, we, I mean, I mean he's proved us wrong in preseason. Off. I wrote him off preseason. I was like, he's done. Man, I've wrote him off. I've wrote him off absolutely, completely. So, but, and then he went but, to Veer and sort of but, but, Given but, the fact that this Ronaldo situation is in the air, he at the moment he's the main man. He's number yeah, nine. He's the main he man. Keep the shirt on your back. Somebody, <clears throat> I've actually for my player of the season, I'm gone for Bruno, and I think Bruno last year. Obviously, the drop-off was pretty damn significant. From his first season, nobody expected him to be as good as he was. And the drop-off was, yeah, as I say, it was awful. Uh, and Bruno, because it was quite an emotionally charged season, he got sucked into that. Uh, and the emotions got the better of him pretty much every game. Like, r- if you're talking about wrong decisions, he was the king of the wrong decision last season. Mm. Like, just permanently going for the wrong pass, permanently taking risks when he didn't need to take risks. And I was hoping that Eric Ten Hag would be the person who could come in and just sort of help him start controlling that. Because it, 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 you can't take emotions out of his game. It's like taking emotions out of Rooney's game. That was, that was what made Rooney Rooney. Yeah. Uh, but you have, to use it in, you have to use that energy in the right direction. And I, from what I've seen in this preseason from Bruno, he's fucking focused, man. He's really like, <clears throat> he's making the right decisions. He's making the right calls, the right runs. And he's going to have better players around him. So there's going to be less responsibility on Bruno dropping... Yeah into his own half to try and instigate an attack. Yeah. I, that's what I think, like, for example, I'm in, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing him and Ericsson playing together because yeah, man. what he was effectively trying to do, Ericsson can do that now. Leave that to him, yeah. you get in the box. I think exactly. uh, Ericsson, I don't know if you saw the game Saturday, putting an absolute beautiful ball, um, which I think is Rashford and Langer tried to head in. Um, oh man, that was a, that was a, that low drill cross. No, no, the one, the one it, he floated it. He cut in on his right, and he just floated it, whipped it in, and then Rashford tried to get the glance in. Rashford or Langer tried to get a glance in there. Um, oh mate, it, 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 
Ericsson is like the, the the perfect foil for Bruno. It's, it's such a, it's a properly you can put them on put them on scales and they'll balance each other out. Like the the things that Ericsson does is the things that Bruno doesn't, and Bruno's just got that extra bit of verve and tenacity mm. that that Ericsson doesn't. So as a balanced partnership in the middle, brilliant. You obviously need Frankie De Jong to make that like the holy trinity triangle, mm. and that'll work like a dream. But yeah, for me, I don't know. I think. People went way overboard in their criticism of Bruno last year, but I'll be honest. Given what happened in the season, like everybody was in the firing line. Like nobody was. Nobody I was. I think that just because the high expectations he set based on his first eighteen months, how good he was. Um, and, and, and it's it's a bit like Paul Pogba in the idea that the the criticism of Pogba was was hyper. Sorry, who? Pogba. Yeah, no, that 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 lad. The, the criticism was a bit uh, exaggerated because of everybody knew how good he was and the the levels that he set. And that's why people criticise him a bit more. And I think the same thing for Bruno last year. But for me, I think I agree with you. Sancho's going to be a stormer. I think across the season, I think Bruno's hopefully yeah. going to be the captain without the armband. That's why I think so anyway. Yeah. Um, now, this is, um, I suppose, a tricky question, really. Uh, but who are you backing to be United's top scorer for next season? Because we obviously don't know whether Ronaldo's going to be yeah. here or not. Uh, but if, I mean, I've got Ronaldo down as my top goal scorer because I can't... I can't see him leaving now. I, I I don't see where he's going, and therefore United will keep him. And I think once the season starts, I I'd absolutely back Ronaldo to just start banging him in again. I just don't understand how in this system he would he he, he would excel. Not not saying he can't, but he, at his age, has he got the legs to do the level of work off the ball? that will be required of him from the manager, given what he's... No, he, he doesn't. He doesn't. There, there will be a slight adaption to Ronaldo when he's in the team, mm. but the, we, but he will get... That's the, one of the best things, I think, from the preseason is the amount of... We haven't just been firing crosses in. We've been pulling cutbacks, mm. like accurate cutbacks. And Ronaldo, in that sort of situation, yeah, yeah. fucking... Uh, you, you want him there. You want him there because you put it into him in, in like a decent position, the 18-yard box, he's going to bury mm. it. I just... I just in my in my head, I think I've kind of made peace with the fact that he's gone, and I, 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 yeah. I'm happy with that. Um, so it, I think at this point, it, I think it suits yeah what Ten Hag is trying to do more for that to be the conclusion. Yeah, and I think I think it's just the the whole big headache. The United actually properly moved on from this whole circus of what the previous regime and everything was. Yeah. Um, if he stays, I think yeah, the, the top goal scorer will be Ronaldo. But on the basis he's if he's not here, then I'll go Rashford. You think? I mean, I hope Rashford turns it. But Rashford last year, when when we went into it, and he's like, the Euros are finished. He's had that surgery. You're thinking, oh, yeah. if Rashford played that well the season before, when he had his shoulder injury, and I think he had like some sort of ankle injury too at the same time. You're thinking he's going to be the dog's bollocks. He's too busy and taking Rashford, down the government though. <laughs> mate, Rashford was too busy taking down Boris Johnson from the top rope. And uh, he was, yeah, man, he was a ghost. He was a ghost of himself. <laughs> he lo- he looks like a player. He looks fit as hell. I'll be honest mm. with you. Like, he he, he seems to be he's bulked done. up a bit as well. Yeah, yeah. He looks absolutely shredded. I think he'd done, I think he'd done about four to six weeks of uh, personal training before the preseason started. So when he came in, he definitely had a bit of a leg up. Uh, I hope Rashford gets back to those goals, man. Remember that season? It was um, Rashford, Mar- uh, Rashford, Martial, and uh, Lord Voldemort <laughs> got got seventy goals between them. Two thousand nineteen twenty. That was a season. I hope Rashford bangs it in, man. But yeah, I'd love to say Martial there, but Martial, I, I, I can't, 
I can't say that with any confidence that he's going yeah. to be the top goal scorer. I mean, I, I, would, I, would, I would love to say Martial, but it's not. I just, like I said, I, don't, I, I can't say, well, which Martial is going to turn up today. He could, he could have three, four quality games on the trot. And then where you think, yeah, you're playing someone like Watford at home and he absolutely stinks the place out. It's like, yeah. well, you just, you just did that against them, but like a top team. And now you, you're putting this level of performance. I don't, I don't know. Hopefully, I mean, he, if he's got a manager now who, who trusts in him, puts his arm around him. And I'm, uh, I'm a bit more old school in the sense that I prefer a manager who gives a rocket up your ass. I think what I think he will like in the sense that you're talking about there about going out one week putting in an eight out of ten and the week after putting in a one out of ten, uh, Ten Hag won't allow mm. that. Like he, he literally, and if you if he does that, you will be kicked out of the team the next week. Mm. Like it's going to be as simple as that. So there might be some pe- players who think they can get away with that now, mm. but I'm hoping that I'm hoping that the highs get brought down a little bit. So like sometimes you know last season or any or last few seasons, whenever a big win comes in, fuck you know it's, it's all great. We're, we're good, that's it, we're back. And then all of a sudden, a week later, like all this all hell's breaking loose again. Mm. The highs have got to be brought down and the lows have got to be brought up. So there's a bit more consistency to United this season. And I, I absolutely back United to do that. I think so anyway. And um, top scorer, I've got to talk about top assists, right? And yeah, I've, I've got Bruno down here. I just feel that it's like, it's got to be Bruno, but you, you might want to throw Ericsson into that conversation. Yeah. Depending, how much, depending on how much regular football he plays, the set pieces of Ericsson are going to, Brings so much to this United team, surely. I'm, I'm going to go Sancho for the reason you said, you know, all these cutbacks and stuff. I think he's going to be yep. the one on the offer, on on the end of a lot of these one twos and then cutting it back for somebody else to tap in. Yeah, do, I think he used to do a lot sense. of that at Dortmund stuff as well. Made it easy at Dortmund. Mm. Okay, I think at Dortmund in three, I think all three seasons, I think he got double figures for both, didn't he? Goals and assists. Mm. I think he did. I might be lying in that one. But he loves getting double figures. Imagine we get that. Mm. Imagine you got Rashford and you got Sancho this season, both in double figures for goals and assists. That's that's what you want. Uh, you you want you want to spread your load. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't just want to have Ronaldo banging in twenty four goals and your next. Who the fuck was second last year? Was it like Bruno on six? Uh, it was it was something somewhat stupid. Yeah, or well, not many goals. I don't know. I've I, I banished last season. <laughs> yeah, last season didn't exist actually, did it? Mm. Yeah, but if, if you look at say for example. Liverpool City, Liverpool. You got you had um, Mane, Salah, and J- Jota came to the party massively last season. Scored big, big, important yeah. goals. Diaz came in too, yeah. eh? but I mean more so Jota when the other two away from Africa, uh, African nations, and had injuries. He, he more than more than came to the party. City pretty much played without a strike all season, but they spread him across their whole front line. Foden, De Bruyne. Um, Sterling, Mares, they all, everyone chipped in. I think probably got, but Grealish, I think they probably all got double figures. Yeah. Um, Spurs had obviously just the two up top, but they pretty much scored every week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so let's see. They're, to, to have a successful season, you need your top players up front performing, but you also need, you, you, you do need goals from midfield. You could give, yeah, given man, the fact that everyone plays with this one striker system now, you mid the support that you get from the midfield and the wide men it, it is massive. So the, the, the wide men effectively are strikers. Um, yeah, but but let's see. 
what's that? I want I want to finish on this question. I think it'll be the most interesting question. But if you if you had a sort of hot take or like something that you personally think that's going to happen this season, that might be a little bit of a surprise this season. Is there anything that you think that will happen that maybe no one's really talking about? It's, I mean, my kind of based on what I saw yesterday, really, really impressed with Garnacho. And I'm hoping he, and I think he will get his run of the game because the way he was just carrying the ball with, with confidence and pace and he was moving, he wasn't just running in like headless chicken down in straight lines. It was left and right, left and right, making the defenders turn their backs and look over their shoulders. Um, and he really, really excited me. So that's my take in terms of who I think, out of all the, the younger crop, who I think will get a lot of chances, I think it will be him. Yeah, yeah Garnacho, you're right. Against Rayo Vallecano, it wasn't just a case of like just running into space and kicking it. It was a case of squaring up to a defender, he gliding past defenders on the left, on the right. Mm-hmm. He did it on multiple occasions. Also, good decisions, good cutbacks at certain times. Uh, it was. Uh, I don't know why Garnacho didn't play much on preseason. I don't know whether he didn't have the fitness. I don't know whether Eric Ten Hag saw something different in someone else. And of course, the conspiracy theorists are going to say that it was <laughs> the, exactly that. It, the conspiracy theorists are going to say exactly that. But if that was the case, and then Garnacho went and did that in Ten Hag's first Old Trafford game, Eric would be like, well done. And he's, that's what he said after the game. Really good performance from him. He took to the stage. But I'll tell you, what, I'll tell was... you what, what will be my turn to your question. Harry Maguire will score the most goals from any Premier League defender this season. Woo! Mate, I swear to God, if somebody made a compilation of the amount of headers that Harry Maguire's won from corners... He wins so many headers, but they all—it's like they spoon somewhere else. It's mad. But then with with Christian Eriksen on the corners, and Malasia has got a good whip on him as well. It looks like we're doing nice in swingers. I hate outswinging corners. <laughs> I will never—I never understand outswinging corners. What's the fucking point? On an in swinger, you just need a glance, and it will go goalwards. On an outswinger, you've got to direct it really well with the header. So I've never understood them. Really haven't. But my hot take is: I think. Uh, it's going to be the year of the Fred. Hey, I love him. Year of the Fred. I've, I've, I've Fred because Fred got slammed in the McFred label, and it was Fred and McTominay like some sort of Laurel and Hardy partnership. It's like you couldn't compliment Fred because it was just part of this this toxic midfield that just wasn't good enough. But Fred on his own, I like Fred, man. I think Fred's got he's got a bit of dog in him, mm. and I think this year, I I don't know. I, I think he's going to win players player of the season. I think that's. I oh, think the, on I think the league. The play- oh wow! No, maybe oh. not in the league, but, but <laughs> Manchester United, Man United's end of season awards. Yeah. I think the players are going to choose Fred as their player of the year. Uh, that's that's just what I've seen in the preseason. I've I'm really backing him to be one of those players that Ten Hag can really rely on. Mm. And you've got to be honest, he was one of the players who immediately Ragnick could rely on. Mm. And I, I like Fred. I think Fred's been an unfortunate uh, victim of Man United's just. Well, abysmal football for the last few years. I think he's been played out of position quite a lot of the time. I think he probably will be played out of position this year. He's not number six. He shouldn't be playing that deep. And we're we're running short. When Frankie de Jong comes in, will Fred even start? Mm. It'll probably be Fred and Eriksen going for that position there alongside Bruno, maybe. But for me, I think Fred's a good midfielder. I think he gets a bit too much criticism. But yeah, he shouldn't be our number six. But I'm going to back him to win Players Player of the Year. Heard it here first. Some seriously hot takes. I like it, but look, the only thing I'm looking forward to this season, legitimately, man, I, it, it's it's 
it's how far United have fallen. But it's just, I, I'm 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 glad we're not going to be a joke anymore. Like we've been a joke for a long time. I think it's it's the start of a, an upward curve now. It might take a little bit longer than most people want it to, but I think it will be a consistent upward curve. I think at the end of the season we're going to be far, far better than we are now. Mm. And I, 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 I trust in what Ten Hag wants to do. And the thing I keep saying to people is this is why Ten Hag was the right man because everything he's done at Ajax, he, he's, he's had a lot of success at Ajax, but his whole reputation is on the mind. His career will be remembered for what he does in the next three to four years at United, first mm. and foremost. That'll be the first conversation, not, not what he did at Ajax, which was great, and it was, but it'll be what he does in the next three to four years. And he won't want that failure. So I trust him to sort of lead with that ambition at the club. And that's why I think next few years, man, I'm looking forward to it. And Jesus, can we just stop this Liverpool and City bumming that's been happening in the league for the last few years? I'm done with that. I don't want any more. I can't take any more. <laughs> I'm sure you can't either. But look, man, we'll wrap it up for today. It's a nice little, a little personal podcast here. A little yeah. Sam and Bell, I could say. <laughs> I like this one. But make sure everybody, if you did enjoy the podcast, Make sure you please leave a five-star review when you listen to it on Spotify, Apple, anywhere. We'll be back here next Monday after Brighton. I mean, I'm going into the game not with high expectations, but I've got I've got a good feeling. And I I, I don't think Martinez will be fit to play, which is going to be a bit of a shame. Uh, but I think Ericsson looks good. I think, yeah, I've got optimism for that game going into it. Fingers crossed, Dave. We'll be back next Monday. Hopefully, uh, Alex, Bow and Neil, not Bow, Alex, Matt and Neil might be able to turn up. If not, it'll just be me and Bow again. It'll be great. But look, mate, have a cracking week, mate. Uh, uh, thanks for your time. I'll speak to you soon. Take care, bud. Take it easy. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hello, I'm Shelby Scott, the host of Scare You to Sleep, a podcast where I tell you scary stories full of creepy sound effects and music that is soothing yet unsettling to help immerse you into a world of horror. This is a show for those of us who have realized horror can be a strange but relaxing escape from reality. Speaking of escapes, sometimes I lead you through guided nightmares. Like a guided meditation, but instead of flowery meadows, I take you on a journey through your own personal nightmare. So come get lost in the terror with me. Now a proud part of the Bloody Disgusting Network, you can find Scary to Sleep wherever you get your podcasts. Sweet screams. Sports Social Podcast Network.